Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Deceptively Fast Podcast. My name is Seth Payne. I played in the NFL for 10 years. I host a radio show here in Houston now. I played for Jacksonville for five years, and I played for the Houston Texans for five years. So I'm pretty well acquainted with whatever the hell it is that's going on uh, with the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson right now. If you didn't listen to the previous episode, I encourage you to. I just went over how we got to where we are right now, and I encouraged anybody listen to send me questions. So I'm going to respond to a bunch of those right now as best I can, because there's a whole lot of ambiguity about a lot of this stuff. Typically, we cover the NFL, uh, but also some health and fitness type stuff and just general lifestyle things. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe, leave a five-star review. That would be incredible. I would be eternally grateful. But let's start right in with this. Uh, Let's see. The Jose Fraga asks, is it possible that maybe Probably, perhaps, Deshaun is being somewhat unreasonable right now. If this hiring were the coach without talking to him, then understandable. But this is the GM. Does a player's opinion really help in finding a GM? That is a a very, very fair question. And I think what we have to start with with that question is, if you're saying he's unreasonable, what are you saying he's being unreasonable about? We don't really have any evidence that Deshaun Watson wanted to handpick the general manager. What we do know is that Deshaun, at the end of the season, said, we need a culture shift. Look, Deshaun never complains, never complains about anything. He said we need a culture shift last Monday, the day after the Texans lost to the Tennessee Titans, and that they needed more focus, more direction, all of those things. So we know that Deshaun was unhappy with the culture. And we also know that the owner, Cal McNair, had told Deshaun that Deshaun would have input into the general manager search. Now, As far as what kind of specific conversations anybody had, we don't know for sure right this moment. What we do know is that Deshaun was unhappy with the culture, and then the Texans went out and hired a general manager who um, is coming from the Patriots, you know, and 
a lot of what Deshaun was unhappy about was a culture created by two guys, Bill O'Brien and Jack Easterby, the vice president of football operations. And I'm guessing if I'm Deshaun, it feels like a whole lot of doubling down on that same culture. That's, that's my first instinct in the matter. The other thing that we've learned is that Cal McNair, the owner of the Texans, was apparently, according to Mike Florio, was in negotiations to sign Omar Khan to be the new general manager. Omar comes from the Pittsburgh Steelers and was in negotiations on that contract when, according to Mike Florio, Jack Easterby shows up at Cal McNair's house and convinces him that, no, Casario, the guy that you wanted all this time, he's the answer. And by the way, Casario's the one guy that probably isn't going to fire Jack Easterby, at least not right away. So there's, there is a blind side element here to not just, I think, Deshaun Watson, but people in the organization that genuinely thought that the Texans were going to go with somebody that the search firm recommended. When at the last moment, the rug is pulled out from them, from the team president, Jamie Roots, Deshaun Watson, depending on how involved he was in the search um, or, or what kind of input he thought he was going to get, there's all that. And, and I would say that if you think that Deshaun is being unreasonable, I'm going to tell you, this is, this is the core of a lot of miscommunications in the NFL. And, and the most common one is when management tells a player, hey, just have a good year, make it through the season, and we'll take care of you in the offseason. And all of a sudden, those two sides hear and think two completely different things. The player might be thinking, oh, you're going to take care of me. That sounds like you want to make me like a, a, a top five, maybe the highest paid cornerback in the land. And what the GM is thinking is, well, yeah, I'm going to take care of you. We're going to give you what I think is a reasonable offer. Those are two different messages. Here, I think you have an owner perhaps telling the player that I want you to have input, um, but then the player thinks that it means something than what the owner does. And then I'll go one step further too, is the Texans throughout this process so far had requested interview from a whole bunch of coaches, some of the top candidates like Joe Brady, Matt Eberflus, um, but they had not requested an interview from, from Eric Bieniemy. And, and I don't know what Deshaun said directly to Cal about Eric Bieniemy, but maybe he likes him. Um, you know, and there's still time. There's still time for Nick Casario to interview or put in a request for Eric Bieniemy. There's one report, Christian Foria from New England, the, the old New England tight end who now has a radio show up in Boston. He says that Eric Bieniemy wants no part of Houston because of the mess. And uh, Joe Brady has said that he would interview here, but he wants to be able to talk to Deshaun Watson. There's already a lot of evidence that people outside the city of Houston don't quite like the smell of what's going on. Uh, the other part about being unreasonable. Under old school standards, perhaps, maybe back in the day, yeah, quarterbacks were supposed to shut their mouth and just do your job and do all of those things. Deshaun has leverage. And, and athletes now have way more leverage than they used to, or at least they're discovering that they have this leverage that they've always had. You see it with Rich Paul, the agent for LeBron James, and, and the power that those two are able to wield in trying to figure out the best situation for LeBron James, which, by the way, has yielded some championships. I think with quarterbacks, especially in the NFL, they have power. They wield power. And Deshaun Watson does not want to watch this franchise that, I'll say it again and again, 
has had three general managers in three years. Deshaun Watson doesn't want the fate to befall him that has befallen other promising young quarterbacks that never won a championship. So does he feel desperate? Does he feel threatened? Maybe, but I get it. I get it. If I were as talented as Deshaun Watson, I wouldn't want the same the same guys who just architected, if that's a word, uh, who were just the architects of 18 months of some of the most miserable decisions ever made in the franchise, that somehow they're supposed to be better at making this decision than Deshaun Watson. Uh, I don't uh, I don't believe that that's the case. Question. Uh, let's see. Ahmad Kyrie. I apologize if I got your name wrong. Uh, what would you hypothetically trade for Deshaun Watson. My take is four firsts, two seconds, two starters. I think it is worth it. Eh, um, I think we talked about this on the last episode. I'm not sure. But I, I think, honestly, the only thing that makes sense is, A, don't trade him at all. And and so um, until it comes to the point where you have no choice but to trade Deshaun Watson because he is entrenched and he just flat out does not want to play anymore and it's about – emotion, not money. When emotion is driving it, guys tend to be more entrenched. You can get people to do incredible things when they're extremely emotional about something um, and, and hold out perhaps far beyond what the, the financial incentive to do so would be. We, and we saw that in Houston with Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown wanted a better contract, but he was also kind of pissed off at the Texans. And he ended up getting traded to Seattle after holding out in a year where people said, nah, you don't hold out under the new CBA. Dwayne Brown took a financial hit. And he ended up getting traded. Um, I think though the only one that would make sense right now, perhaps would be a number one overall pick from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cause at the very least, then you can feed the fans something you can feed them. Hey, we have Trevor Lawrence. We have some young coach that hopefully will help that the fans will be excited about with Trevor Lawrence. I think it's still a, a dumb move because as great a prospect as Trevor Lawrence is and as cheap as his contracts would be, it's it's never as valuable as the bird in the hand. You have a young, promising quarterback that could be one of the very best in the league for a long, long time, and he's there now. He's there right now. But I could see I could see that being a move that at the very least, the rest of the league wouldn't say, oh, such stupid. You know, it's just such stupid value, like they do all the time with the other Texans trade. And that's where I am. That's where I am beaten down as a Texans fan right now. I'm willing to accept, well, that wasn't one of the worst decisions in the history of the NFL. Good for you. And give me a pat on the head like I'm a like I'm a dull child. Um, so that's uh, but okay, four firsts, two seconds, two starters. If you're talking about conventional trades, I suppose so. Maybe I don't know, throw in a few position players or something. And and is is one of those players a really good quarterback, maybe an aging quarterback like Aaron Rodgers? Oh, and that's the other side of it. Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause. So Deshaun, you know, Deshaun can't just get pawned off to the Detroit Lions or some other franchise, maybe I don't know, the Jets or something. Deshaun has the control to say, nope, I'm only going to a good franchise. And okay, maybe you have to take a, a lesser deal because of it. Then that's that's why you can see how much leverage Deshaun has right now. That no trade, that no trade clause, honestly, when Deshaun signed the deal in September, I don't think a lot of us thought much of it. Um, but it's a stroke of genius right now on Deshaun's part because it gives him a whole lot more leverage and, and could really drive down his value Probably not all that much. The, Deshaun's got, he's the kind of player that 
teams aren't going to be sitting there and thinking like, oh, we've got the Texans with their back against the wall. Let's drive a hard bargain. If they see that there's an avenue to get Deshaun Watson, it's going to be an auction and they'll end up paying a, a really pretty penny for it, even with that no trade clause in there. Uh, let's see. Uh, is Deshaun's contract even tradable? Yes, it is. Um, he doesn't really start getting his big money until 2022. So they would take a cap hit. But if you're if you're getting back a whole bunch of value, then the financial part is almost negligible um, in what is otherwise just still not a trade that I approve of or think is going to happen at all. Um, let's see. Justin Atkinson says, I haven't seen people mention or acknowledge how if Watson were traded, it would alienate the fans. Business suicide for McNair. And I like Casario. I feel like he may not have total understanding of the Easterby situation yet. I think a sit down with Watson could help that. Yes. Okay. This is where hopefully cooler heads prevail. It's January 12th. It's January 12th. There is no hurry to get any of this done. And I include in that there shouldn't be any urgency to get this done before the draft, before free agency, maybe before training camp. If you're really concerned about, you know, figuring out who your quarterback's going to be this year, maybe you get it done by then. But there are months and months. And look, if you have to forego drafting somebody, which, by the way, like, you don't have any draft picks to draft a quarterback anyway, but maybe you wanted to trade Deshaun and get a first-round pick back to maybe draft a quarterback who may or may not be any good. None of that, none of that timing actually matters if you still think there's a shred of a chance of retaining Deshaun Watson, which right now, as of, uh, oh yeah, I just told you, January 12th. As of January 12th, I'm sitting here looking at my watch like a schmuck when I just said January 12th. Uh, as of January 12th, there is no reason to believe that Deshaun Watson has actually requested a trade. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. If if Nick Casario can sit down, and Nick Casario is a bright guy, I think if Casario sits down with Deshaun Watson, they'll figure something out. Or there's a very good chance they will figure something out. A question a fan asked today, or a listener asked today, that is a fascinating one. And one that's a bit more simple, I think, than, than if the reality of the situation. But let's say that Jack Easterby, the vice president of the football operations, is one of the huge issues that Deshaun Watson says. If Deshaun Watson were to sit down and say to Cal McNair, hey, it's either Easterby goes or I go, who do you pick? And the only reason that's a fascinating question is because I think that Cal McNair might be the only person on earth that has a hard time with that decision. It's that somehow Jack Easterby wields so much power and control apparently that I don't trust that ownership would make the right decision. I think that Jack Easterby has sold himself as this soothsayer who can figure out exactly how to construct the perfect football organization and that there's nothing more valuable than that. I, I And I, I'm not saying that is the case. I'm saying it's remarkable that we even have to ask ourselves that question. If you're not a Texans fan and you're listening to this podcast, I'm so jealous of you. I, I'm so jealous of you because at least your problems are normal problems. You know, the Jets, uh, you've got a whack job owner. You've got, you, you've, you, uh, in, in some respects, you're snake bitten. But like even, even being snake bitten, as superstitious and nonsensical as that sounds, is at least a normal football explanation for things. An inaccurate one, but still. Let's see. Oh, Dave Howard, who uh, very active 
listener of our show says, can we wait until Deshaun actually says something about this? All we think we know is that he was disappointed about Cal not calling him. And we're not even sure about that. Uh, Listen, one, Dave, you know me better than that. I will not wait. I will wait for no man or woman. Um, Two, it's clear enough by this point. Uh, and, and when enough trusted journalists like Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport or others have spoken to people that, you know, frankly, when you do the math on some of these statements and some of the things that are seeping out, these are things that are coming from either Deshaun's agents, I would presume. Um, some of the some of the reports, I think, have come from the team, but they're from trusted people. And, and Schefter said the other day that Deshaun's anger level is went from a 2 to a 10. Uh, if it was a 2 when DeAndre Hopkins was traded, it's at a 10 right now. I don't know the... I don't know exactly like how you nail down whether that report is accurate or not, but Schefter's not going to report that unless Deshaun is genuinely upset about something. So I I won't wait. Now, I will say, I will agree with you, Dave. If what you're saying is, all right, people are acting like Deshaun Watson is demanding a trade. Yeah, that makes me kind of nauseous and sick because I see a lot of reports out there that that treat it like Deshaun is demanding a trade. And that's just simply not the case. As of January 12th, he hasn't even requested a trade. The closest we've come to it is was the report that he'd be cool with a trade to the Miami Dolphins. Um, but beyond that, I, I'm with you there. I think some people are jumping the gun. Evan Guillory says, trading a 25-year-old franchise Super Bowl caliber quarterback will have a de- devastating effect on the fan base, let alone idiotic and reckless. Why would a free agent want to come here if you can't make your own stars happy? If you want to change the culture, start by making things right with Deshaun Watson. 100%, totally, I agree with you, Evan Guillory. I would say that one thing is that I'm more concerned at this moment about potential coaches not wanting to come to the Texans. At the very least, I think that coaches have probably knocked down the Texans down a notch or two in terms of desired location, in terms of uh, desired jobs, maybe Jacksonville and San Diego. Maybe you had Jacksonville and San Diego a little bit below Houston two or three weeks ago. Boy, boy, young, young star quarterbacks um, in in warm weather locations, by the way, uh, nice coastal locations. Um, Those, I think those make a lot more sense for, for, for a potential coach right now. I think I'd, I'd much rather, have the chance of working with Justin Herbert on his rookie contract with draft picks, then coming to Houston. And yes, you have Deshaun Watson, but he's on a lucrative contract, which creates some cap snugness and you don't have any draft picks and you have the, you have a cap situation and you've got this skullduggery going on behind the scenes. My goodness. Even as I lay it all out, I'm starting to get a little bit more forlorn about the whole thing. Let's see. uh, ET, ET junior. I think that's ET like the extraterrestrial junior says how long will it set the franchise back if they do trade D4 I would say anywhere from 2 to 20 years and I say anywhere from 2 to 20 years because that's how long it might take in the draft I mean the Texans existed from 2002 until 2017 so 15 years before the Texans landed themselves a Deshaun Watson. And it easily could have been longer than that. They had to trade up to get Deshaun Watson. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a slam dunk guarantee at that point that Deshaun was going to be a good NFL quarterback. I think there were, there were justifiable concerns about some of Deshaun Watson's 
uh, uh, grades as a prospect to where you can say, okay, yeah, I think there's a really good chance he's a good player, but whatever. So you go up and, and trade somebody uh, in the top third of the draft. Maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't, but it can take that long. So two to 20 years, that's what I would say. Even if you trade for uh, some other young quarter, like Tua Tunga Bailoa, I'm very, I'm very, very, very skeptical at this point about Tua Tunga Bailoa ever becoming as good as Deshaun Watson. I think, I think given by the excitement I've seen out of Miami fans for a potential trade, I think a lot of Miami fans agree with me. Let's see, Vamos Texans, uh, and I'm choosing this question without even looking at it because I like the name Vamos Texans. Talk about how the Texans are perceived by others in the league and why Cal doesn't give a shit. <laughs> um, uh, I will say, we've covered a little bit of this ground already, but uh, a personnel guy in the league told uh, my told my co-host Sean Pendergast that every GM candidate that talked to the Texans said that they would fire Jack Easterby if he came in. So we know that about the perception around the league. I get texts and calls from people asking me what the hell is Jack Easterby and what is he doing? What What is going on there? People are very wary and curious too. Um, you know, and it's, it's fun to be curious when it doesn't affect your team at all. Curious about what the hell is going on there. How are they perceived by others? I think that for one, the longer a lot of this goes on, the more people are going to start blaming ownership for a lot of the bad trades and a lot of the bad deals and a lot of the bad contracts that happened in the last 18 months for a little while. It just looked like, all right, well, you know what? The owner's letting Bill O'Brien have one last stab at it, and and then we'll see. But now it's starting to look like it's an, a matter of actually what kind of culture do you want? What kind of people are you allowing to run your business? Who's actually making the decisions? And it's it's not a great look. Maroon, Maroonator? Maroonator? I don't know. Uh, he says 16 of the last 17 AFC championships were won by four quarterbacks. Brady, Manning, Roethlisberger, and Mahomes, Flacco being the only exception. Um, I have not fact-checked that. Feel free to do so at home. But that makes sense. And he didn't ask a question about that, but I think he was just trying to drive home the importance of having a really good quarterback. And and, and my co-host on my radio show, Sean Pendergast, brought this up today. And it's, it's kind of a scary point that if you look at the AFC right now and the young quarterbacks from the 2017 and 2018 draft class. We have Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, all in the AFC. Three of them are in the playoffs. One of them is not. And you ask, why is Deshaun disgruntled? Look, Deshaun is a competitive guy. Um, Deshaun wants to be one of the greatest quarterbacks who ever lived. And he can see his peers at this moment, four years into Deshaun's career, and two of those guys, uh, you, you've got a one-year head start on. All three of those guys at this very moment are further ahead of Deshaun on the team success scale. Um, just for this year. You know, obviously Lamar Jackson lost last year. Josh Allen lost, lost in the playoffs last year to Deshaun Watson. But they're also a year behind Deshaun Watson. So uh, it's time's a-wasting. And I know it seems like Deshaun is young and he's gotten his entire career ahead of him. 10 years passes by really, really fast. And I think Deshaun Watson is aware of that. Once you're in the league for four years, all of a sudden, there's a little bit of a time warp that goes on in the NFL. When you're entering your fifth year, and I can remember this really well, all of a sudden you feel like, oh, wow, I'm a vested veteran now. And that is after four years, you're a vested veteran. And, and you're 
in a lot of ways looked at by younger guys as a middle-aged guy in the NFL. Even though quarterbacks are lasting into their 40s these days, in terms of how you view the league, how, how you handle your business, what level of cynicism do you have about the business side of things in the NFL? You've gotten all of that a little bit. You've got metaphorical salt and pepper hair, so to speak. And, and Deshaun is at that point, and I think he's reevaluating exactly what direction he's headed in right this moment. Okay, and now, uh, and now a few questions from multiple people. And, and this is a very basic one. Probably should have answered this one first. Since uh, Cal McNair ignored the advice of Corn Ferry, the consulting firm that was going to help with the hiring, a lot of people ask, wait, why did you get a search firm anyway? My initial gut response to this was, okay, and I would say going back to, you know, several days ago before this weekend, my first, my initial response would have been, all right, the Texans were charged with tampering 18 months ago when they tried to hire Nick Casario because Nick Casario had been employed by the Patriots at the time. So it felt to me like, well, okay, maybe plausible deniability is one reason that they hired a consulting firm because they didn't want to make it look like they already had a deal place in place with Casario. So that's one. Um, two, and that's like, uh, that's a, uh, to be fair, that's very conspiracy minded. Um, and I think that it was way more complicated than that based on some of the reports that I just told you about Jack Easterby squiring Cal McNair away at the last moment to avert personal disaster and go up and hire his buddy, Nick Casario in New England. Um, but two, as far as hiring the search for themselves, maybe Cal McNair did genuinely want Nick Casario. Maybe he had veered away from that, but even if Casario was an option, you still have to have all your bases covered. So maybe let's say in theory that McNair wanted Casario first, but in any coaching search, you got to have candidates two, three, four, and five lined up in case things fall through. So you go to Corn Ferry, you do your power ranking of people who I want, and you start working off of that list. And, you know, maybe Omar Khan, but, and then that's when all the studies of Omar Khan started to come out or uh, all the reports of, Hey, the Texans were about to hire Omar Khan, where that really paints a picture that's most damning for the Texans, because then it showed that people in the organization said, Hey, here's the plan. Let's go with corn fairy candidates. Let's, let's just follow this structure that by the way, we've been very transparent about with our fans, the Texans, to their credit at the time, were telling fans what was going on, who they were talking to, all of that. It felt very above board. And then all of a sudden, at the last moment, the owner is diverted by Jack Easterby. If that story is true, it paints a scary picture of both, I think, the steadfastness of your owner and also the influence that Jack Easterby, a non-football person, has over the owner of your football team. Let's see. Schefter... Schefter made some really good points, including this. Multiple people in the Texans organization, including quarterback Deshaun Watson, were upset with how Houston's search took a sudden and unexpected turn, hiring a man that Corn Ferry did not include on its list of candidates. And I think that, that again, just speaks to not just Deshaun Watson, but I think Jamie Roots, who's the team president, and other people, um, just people that were putting the PR about all this, they all genuinely thought that there was a real search going on. So Deshaun Watson, we don't know what level of input he expected to have, but I think it's reasonable to say that maybe Deshaun Watson had been told one thing and then the Texans went and did another. And if he is your 
best player and your most important player, the, the future of your franchise, I could see how he could feel disrespected about that. Schefter went on to say that Watson was furious about the decision with some saying there will be employees who wind up leaving the organization during the offseason. That, that jibes with things that I've been hearing. And that also goes back to, I think, the perception of the organization from the outside and from the inside. You certainly don't want to get to a point where not just with football players or coaches, but with personnel in general, do people start looking at this as a place that is not a destination or not the place you want to be? Or maybe when you're there, you're trying to get out as soon as possible, as opposed to a place where you want to thrive and really grow and live. That would scare me as a Texans fan. Um, this, the quarterback is on vacation and McNair said he expects to speak with Watson once he returns, but how that will go if it happens remains uncertain. This is from Schefter still. Um, that's, that's what we're waiting to find out is okay. The meeting with, uh, Casario who Casario, I think was very careful to point out that he will be talking to Sean and working to with Deshaun on the coaching search. And, and hopefully what a lot of this amounts to in the end is just Deshaun being sure that he was strenuously objecting to not being involved at least a little bit more in the process. So I'm, I'm sure I missed at least a few questions. There's so many questions that come up on this. You could honestly talk for eight straight hours about a lot of this and our our listeners and people on twitter and everywhere else just keep uncovering angle after angle after angle at some point deshaun watson will speak to the media i hope <laughs> i hope it's in houston so that is where we are right now which is a murky it's a murky murky place to be i'm not comfortable being here it's not a place that i want to inhabit long i hope all of this resolves itself very, very quickly. Uh, but look, frankly, I've got Outlander on Netflix that I can watch. I finished up Vikings, uh, which, look, I think a lot of you who are watching Vikings were just trying to slog through it, just like me, until the very end. Oh, and I've recovered from my hernia surgery completely. So I'm getting to work on my next hernia. I'm watching James Harrison videos on Instagram. I'm, uh, I'm trying to stay away. From, I'm trying to, honestly, I'm trying to stay away from James Harrison on Instagram because He's like a mid-40s guy just like me who does a lot of stuff that no guy in his mid-40s should be doing. Just just crazy uh, squatting 500-plus pound type of stuff that I don't have it in me to do anymore. Okay, maybe I'll follow the... And then I try to follow The Rock, and The Rock is very motivational, but let's be realistic. None of us are ever going to get to that point. So stay tuned. I'm going to have Drew on again here in a couple of days, and we'll chat about this, and uh, we'll actually get to some real football instead of the soap opera that all of this is. Maybe if we talk about the Texans, we'll talk about a potential Texas uh, Texans coaching hire. And other than that, I'm just excited that we're actually having an NFL playoffs after six months ago. I think a lot of us, most of us, were skeptical that we were going to get – at least any sort of normalcy at this time in uh, in sports history. So kudos to everybody for pulling it off, and everybody stay safe. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or 
I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.